Hello, my friends, it's Andy and Hedy coming to you live on this Sunday, November 5th for the Living Fearless Devotional. Sunday's my favorite day of the week. And this is a production of resurrectministry.com. Sunday is happy church day. So <laughs> I love talking about going to church and what we heard uh, and meeting friends. So check out the website. We have all kinds of content. Uh, hopefully that you will uh, deepen your walk with Christ, whether it's books to read, Bible resources, worship bands, pastors you may have never heard of, uh, broaden your horizons, F listen, find something that's interesting. We uh, love to be a resource for you. Feel free to drop us a line uh, so that you can ask us a question, offer to pray for us, we'll offer to pray for you. And if you can't partner with us, um, you can click the donate now button. Make sure when you're watching that you comment. Let us know that you're watching just like uh, Carrie did Hi, just Carrie. seconds ago. Give us some emojis. But as we're reading the devotional or responding to um, uh, the devotional, uh, make sure and just let us know what you think. Hey, Cindy. Cindy's Hi, on. Hi, Cindy. Uh, and, um, and if you have any prayer requests, we will uh, be praying uh, for those of you that need prayer requests at the end of the show. So make sure and uh, put that in the comments too. But... Most importantly, just comment and say hi, especially as you're coming in, because that helps other people see the broadcast when it's live. Uh, and when you're watching uh, the replay, you can do that too. And make sure and go down into the description of this particular video, wherever you're watching it, you should see some links uh, to our sponsors. One of those is LifeWise. Um, we have uh, uh, a great uh, sponsor there who has uh, supplements that help us sleep and take away inflammation and give you energy and give you one vitamin called, guess what it's called? The one. Oh, wow, you're good. It's the called the one. Do they, do they help when you actually like strain it? And yes, uh, yes. I had a feeling you were gonna uh, bring that up. But yes, it went right to work today. Oh, good. Yes, I'm almost already healed. Are you? Uh, and then we have StreamYard, which is where you, where you, where you know, I just woke up from a nap. What, <laughs> what we're using. That's what 60 year old people do on a Sunday afternoon. Nappy. <laughs> um, uh, we're not ashamed. Which we are using right now to broadcast to you. It's a great product for uh, anybody who wants to share their expertise on anything they want to talk about or even start their own devotional and share it out with other people. But that's, go to get, that's how we stay so young, huh? So those get, naps. Get, get streamyardnow.com. Use that URL and you will be able to. Um, Tell streamer that we sent you. And today's scripture Can for today. Nappy commercial? <laughs> Can I finish what I'm doing? <laughs> Our scripture for today is 1 Timothy 1, 18 through 20, which is what we're going to be reading a little bit later on. Uh, and that is a little bit more than what uh, A.W. Tozier is using in his devotional. Anything else you want to add, Snooks, before we? Nope. You sure? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, we're reading again from A.W. Tozier for the Christian Leader, and it's November 5th, uh, where we're reading out of the book today, and it says, don't suffer shipwreck. Every so often, it feels like he's leaving out a, a word, <laughs> but don't suffer you think shipwreck. Don't suffer a shipwreck? Yeah. It's almost don't like, suffer to be shipwrecked? Right. It's like reading one of my reports. <laughs> don't suffer shipwreck. And we're reading out of uh, King James. So um, bear with me as I read through King James. It's not always easy. Yeah, it's this a little is, bit of a tongue twister. This, this, is first, <laughs> this is First Timothy 1, 18 and 19. This says, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, mm -hmm. according to the prophecies which went before on thee, on that thou, by them mightiest war of God warfare, holding faith. <laughs> and, and stop making me laugh. This is important. And a God conscience. God conscience. <laughs> which some <laughs> which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. All right. Well, we're going to read uh, New King James probably uh, later on. It'll all make a little bit more sense. A.W. says, yet the ministry is one of the most perilous mm. of professions. We learned that too today. On oh, the my gosh. I, We're going to have to talk about this article we read too. Yeah. Can mm. I? Mm, mm, mm. Is it okay yes. if I go ahead and read? Okay. Okay. Let's, let's do this. Yet the ministry is one of the most perilous of professions. The devil hates the spirit-filled minister with an intensity second only to that which he fills for Christ himself. Mm. 
The source of this hatred is not difficult to discover. An effective Christ-like minister is a constant embarrassment to the devil, a threat to his dominion, a rebuttal of his best arguments, and a dogged reminder of his coming overthrow. No wonder he hates him. Amen. Satan knows that the downfall of a prophet of God is a strategic victory for him. So he rests not day or night, devising hidden snares and deadfalls for the ministry. Perhaps a better figure would be the poison dart that only paralyzes its victim. For I think that Satan has little interest in killing the preacher outright. An ineffective, half-alive minister is a better advertisement for hell than a good man dead. So the preacher's dangers are likely to be spiritual rather than physical. Though sometimes the enemy works through bodily weakness, weaknesses to get to the preacher's soul. I pray for every one of my fellow servants, especially those who may be close to succumbing. Give your great grace and victory today. Amen. Amen. So I want to remind everybody, this book is called Tozier for the Christian Leader. And um, so I think that many of us are in, in this position, accused, uh, including Cindy, yes. who watches, who is a uh, pastor. Um, but I think it also applies to all of us because we've been called to, to share the word, to, to be a leader, uh, no matter who you are. Right. I mean, even me. Right. Which is kind of crazy. <laughs> To be to be somebody to share the word of God. I mean, no crazier than me. And uh, and in some ways, be a leader. Yes. Uh, in in my house, I'm a leader. In your house, in our home church, with our friends. If Absolutely. you if you own a business and you're a Christian, you are called to be a leader, a Absolutely. Christian leader in your business. So, uh, I don't want anybody to feel like this doesn't apply to them because uh, I know that we've been attacked from time. Remember when our our power we're always kept, attacked. kept turning off. Remember that day we wanted to take a nap. Well, it's not just <laughs> it's not just um, the physical attack. We're we're spiritually attacked constantly. Yes. Yeah, and you feel it that that Satan is trying to. Um, tranquilize you. And really, one of the most effective ways to tranquilize us is to bog us down with problems. Hmm. Um, Andy's uh, good friend was just, uh, he was explaining to me some of the things that he was concerned about. And it was like, it was this, it was this, and this. And I was like, oh, that sounds like death by a thousand cuts. That's <laughs> so Satan, yes. you know, because it's just not any one of them is major, but it's just debilitating. It's debilitating. And that's really what Satan wants to do is just take us off the battlefield. Mm. You know, um, he doesn't want to kill us. He just wants to incapacitate us. Yeah. Sometimes they'll bring back the old man or old woman. Well, so that's a really good trick that he uses sometimes. Well, and I felt that a lot, like as I got more and more upset over um our daughter and her behavior I just felt like i'm like oh you know i just want to go blank i just want to go do this and like why not just go sit in a bar and have a margarita or you know what yeah. i mean like <laughs> basically just because you're just so tired and so debilitated satan starts to whisper oh what are you doing all this for and like oh, you take this all so seriously you know basically just trying to affect your walk trying to take you um, out of service, make you make you uh, unqualified. For you service. you have to remind yourself that your reward will be in heaven. That that will Absolutely. be the time. I mean, it, time. It, it'll probably be on this earth. I mean, much of the reward, but no. especially in heaven. Absolutely, yeah. To be seated next to Christ, uh, to Him, to look, oh, daughter, this is the, yeah. the daughter with whom I am well pleased, yeah. my good and faithful servant. But you we, know, we may get six crowns. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be happy if I get one. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a challenge from time to time to uh, to not just say, you know, the heck with it. I think that's that's. I mean, I can't I can't imagine imagine I can't imagine what uh, pastors who again we've been oh. told several times that they have great stress in the profession of, of being a pastor for a church for a. For a little church, for a big church. Yes. That you have a responsibility, unlike us, uh, where our our ministry, for the most part, is remembering to do the graphics and to schedule, the, to find time to schedule the, the broadcast. But you can imagine that, like, Pastor Jack or Pastor Bob. Um, people. People, you know, even Matthew Cork. 
they have to prepare prepare all week to do yes three uh, messages or th one message three times yes um, and that they have to go up on stage every time and, and do it like they mean it yes that, that's got to be well and I mean and the other six days are shepherding the flock mm. You know, they have questions, they have comments, they have death, they have deaths, they have uh, burials, they have hospitalizations, they have weddings, they have ceremonies, baptisms, uh, you know, staff to account to who are also going through all their spiritual attacks and um, things that bring them joy. But, you know, it's it's a lot. You know, I remember uh, a couple of decades as a police officer, uh, uh, there's a point where you've heard the same question or the same response to a, a question that we have for people that we contact in the street. Mm -hmm. And it, it's always the same. Or you have the, you know, your 100th call to a, um, a situation where the, the wife and the husband are going at it. Uh -huh. And it's always the same stuff. Yeah. And you're just going, oh my gosh, you know, this is my 500th domestic violence call. Right? Yes. You go, can't you just, why do, why, why do I have to take care of your problems? But you, you forget, because you forget, my job is to take care of other people's problems. <laughs> my job is to keep the peace within somebody's household when they can't keep the peace in their exactly. own household. And uh, we can forget that. Can you imagine how many times at the end of worship, or not end of worship, but we're at the end of service, where they often will go and meet, you know, the parishioners. Yes. And they, they can't stand line and, oh, my husband's cheating on me, or my kid is just such a, a you know, and uh, they got to go, oh, well, you know, and have that sincerity. That's got to be hard. Absolutely. I, as a cop, I didn't have to be sincere. <laughs> I did my best. Uh, I did my best. But can you imagine that? I mean, there's, wow. Now that I think about it, that's got to be a lot. Got to be difficult. That'd be difficult for you and I. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wow. Uh, let's say we have a couple other people uh, that signed on. We have Yay. David Everett who wants to remind me that there's a Ducks game, I guess, today. Hi, Ducks David. versus Vegas. And don't tell him about my incident playing hockey. No, I'm not going to tell you, David. <laughs> <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> but our audience may know a little bit. They may remember. Kate, hello, Kate. Nice session. to see you. And Hi, Cindy says, yep, as a pastor, probably to much of what we said. Yes. The difficulties of being a leader of a church. Let's go ahead and read uh, 1 Timothy 1, 18 through 20, if you don't mind, Snooks. I would love to. All right. There we go. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, mm. having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected, concerning the faith having suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, who I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. So I'm going to read this in another version um, because it's a little hard to understand, but I think, I think I've gotten it and I've read a couple of commentaries about it. Yeah. Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you might fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, who I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. So what's really interesting about this scripture, because I didn't I didn't remember it, was um, the description that the people in the church had prophesied about Timothy. So uh, there's all these, there's all these uh, discussions, uh, cessationists, people who don't believe the gifts still exist. And uh, they talk about like, so prophets are saying prophets no longer exist in modern day. That's what some of the cessationists say. But it's interesting because now that I'm studying the gifts and um, these offices, like the, the office of the prophet and deciding whether what I believe exactly, um, when it talks about this in the New Testament, because it was clear there was prophets in the Old Testament. Um, that was very clear. That's how the Lord spoke to humanity, mm -hmm. to the Israelites, was through the prophets. But some had implied that since Jesus came, that that office had basically really diminished. But this this verse reminds us that there was somebody in the church, not just Christ, but somebody in the church had prophesied that Timothy would be used by the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so 
the people who believe in the operation of the gifts, you know, forever, uh, point to scripture like this and say, well, there was people in the church that prophesied then and continue in the book of Acts has, has a lot of discussion about, and they refer to one, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, Anna, uh, Arbaeus, but he referred to him by name. The prophet Arbaeus came to visit this town. Um, so I think that's a really important point about this, but also, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Pastor Bob, I, I presume, but Pastor Bob, uh, Calvary Chapel, East Anaheim, uh, has put this importance. We're in first John three, um, the letters of John, and he puts this importance on learning the names. He says that when you read the Bible and there's these names, you usually just gloss over them. Not, not even just the lineage of the old Testament. Those were very, um, tedious at times to read, but, mm -hmm. uh, in this uh, in First John 3, there's a number of names referred to, but also in this one, he refers to Hymenaeus and Alexander. And normally, I would just gloss over them. You're just kind of like, okay, those are just people. But now, um, what he's taught us is to learn to read the names and understand what is the Lord trying to teach us about people. Hmm. What, what qualities do they have that the Lord wants us to emulate? Because remember, the book is God's word, and we are meant to read it and learn it for a reason. It's not something, it's not just a fable, it's not a story. Um, it's a lesson, it's, a, it's God's love letter to us. So when he mentions behavior and people, he wants us either to emulate that behavior or distance ourselves from that behavior. So it's either a lesson in good be character or a lesson in bad character. Mm. And so in this case, it's a lesson about bad character. And the fact that, so there's some discrepancy over whether Paul uh, had excommunicated Hymenaeus and Alexander for their blasphemy or that he had punished them. So it was comparing it to the example of Ananias and Sapphira who came and said, okay, we sold our land and they lied about the amount and they dropped dead. Uh, that Hymenaeus and Alexander may have been punished. When he says, I have handed you over, I who I handed over to Satan, meaning Paul, the apostle Paul handed him over um, for blasphemy is, is a very interesting fact. Handed over to Satan. To, sa to Satan. What did I say? No, no, no. You just you didn't. Yeah, that's isn't that weird? Yeah, that, that he was the one that handed him over. So some say he could have been excommunication, but oftentimes it was a duty of the local church to excommunicate, not the apostles that were just visitors. So mm -hmm. it was most likely like what happened to Ananias and Sapphira, who in the extreme case dropped dead, but that he punished them. How do you suppose he did that? How how would Paul hand somebody over to Satan? Do you think? Cursing them. Just cursing them. Yeah. Like he didn't have. It would bring an infliction of, uh, an infliction of harm. Oh. Mm. That's a trip. Isn't I, it? I don't want to be handed over. Right. Like that. Right. <laughs> like you think about like, how what? people nowadays can um, pray over people and heal them. Well, basically what they're saying is that he cursed them. How bad did they have to be? I mean, because we get stressed out when we remember we had to tell uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs that we were going to spend some time at a, another church as if we were cheating on him. It is like cheating. <laughs> and, and we go, oh, what's he going to think? Do you think that he could have just handed us over to Satan? Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that. But I mean, it, it, well, again, that goes back to the gifts too, right? Mm -hmm. Whether they believe that those gifts are still op in operation. But with Ananias and Sapphira, they lied. They were supposed to sell their property and, and they lied about how much they got for it. And mm -hmm. I think that we could look up the scripture, but it's like, may the Lord punish you. May the Lord strike you. And they dropped dead. And then his wife came and he said, do you know what your husband did? He lied. Yeah. And you knew. And she dropped dead too. And they had to carry their dead bodies out. <laughs> they were not playing around. They were playing They around. were not. You know, we, we kind of saw that in a article that we read today that you read me on the way back from our lunch. My God striked him dead, huh? He, he was dead. He was right? dead. At his own hand. But it, I mean, why why can it not be that the devil said, hey, get that gun. You know, you're done. You're, you're now mine. Right. And Or the devil may have wanted him to live, but God struck him dead. Uh-huh. That's true, too. So you want to explain this story that we read? Well, it was about a uh, mayor, a local mayor and a pastor 
that um, was a cross-dressing transgender woman in his private life. And he recently committed suicide when he was outed by a local newspaper. And he basically tried to explain it away by saying, it's my private life. That's how I reduce stress. My wife knows. But he had a full-blown like social media account. He was communicating with people. There was all of these pictures up above uh, on him, uh, pictures that he posted, stuff that he did. And the worst part about it, I got to tell you, is not the, the mental disturbance he suffered, but that he tried to justify it and say, it has nothing to do with my, my personal life. This is the quote. My personal life has nothing to do with my holy life. And I was like, bro, there is nothing <laughs> holy about your life. There is nothing holy. Get out of the ministry and be a salesman or a coffee shop owner, but please don't be a pastor. Your private life has everything to do with your pastoral life. But this ministry. is saying, it's like, they just like, I don't know what Bible they're reading. I don't know what kind of false teachers that the, the world is putting forth, but can you just imagine the people under him that whatever he was teaching them, God only knows. Wow. The, the thing is, I mean, it, he had an Instagram account with with all these pictures of him dressed as a woman, and he didn't know that at some point that it was going to get out. It's almost like you know we we've talked about this a lot lately that some people just want to get, get caught. You know, it, there's something either conscious or subconscious. Or again, we can we can speak to the devil. You know, causes them to believe that that <laughs> that is what they they need to do. What what is that about this pastor and mayor who's trying to hide his secret life? Puts it on Instagram. Right. And he, not, and not he looks secret. exactly like his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which was so weird. Yes. I'm trying to this But uh, in, in the end, did you mention that he, he committed suicide? And he committed suicide. But the thing is, suicide. is that you, when you say that the devil wanted him to commit suicide, I don't think so. I think the devil wanted him to live because mm. he was a horrific example of the gospel. So he probably was rooting for him to live. And uh, we we uh, are making light of it in in a way, but you know, I I I again, you guys know, I I have a um, uh, a personality. <laughs> Much of it probably from being in law enforcement is that you know you, you look at the circumstances that led to his suicide. Unlike maybe the military, where we have so many suicides that that saddens me to no end. Um, they served us. They they um, uh, put their lives on the line to save our country. And yet we have left them in many ways to fend for their own psychological health. And I think we've done them a disservice. That's that's different. This, it's almost like, what did you think that was going to happen? Right. You know, what you, what, you're, you're trying to get it. You're getting up there. You're you're telling people about God. And then you're 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 saying that your private life has nothing to do with your ministry, uh, even as a mayor. Right today, uh, Pastor Bob um, over at uh, Calvary Chapel at East Anaheim, his message today. I would recommend people watch uh, his message today. It was outstanding. Um, but one of the things that he talked about is your character. How important your character is exactly uh, for being able to share the gospel and to speak to others about Jesus Christ. That if your character is one of debauchery and nonsense, you're, uh, unfit. you're, you're unfit. Your your message is going to be a lot be lost in your personal life. And your activities, because you're going to um, you're not going to show how God has changed your life in a positive way. Absolutely. Because there is no evidence of God having changed your life in a positive <laughs> no, way. No. So I, I hate to say it. Monkey in, I, monkey I, out. I just say, I just say, what else? What else did you, what did you expect than uh, the death? Um, but it's just so shocking. Yes. You were looking up something. Um, no. Ananias oh. and Sapphira. So Cindy was bringing up that. Um, so it's uh, Acts 5, the story of uh, Ananias and Sapphira speaking of Peter, and that um, Peter says to them uh, that they uh, lied to the Holy Spirit. And so technically, <clears throat> I, I think it's safe to assume all of us, you know, so when Paul says that Hermeneus and Alexander have blasphemed, they have, who do they blaspheme? They blaspheme the Holy Spirit. They have blasphemed God. So it is in its most serious form, everything that we do representing God um, 
the attribution goes back to God and the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, we, we have to take it that seriously because they weren't literally like talking to the Holy Spirit and then saying a different story to the people, to the apostles. They had lied. The, the lie goes against God. And so their, their punishment came from God as well. And that's how serious it was, basically. And that's how serious people took their faith, too. Right. You know, but nowadays it's just like, what does it matter? So I go and I dress up like a woman and I run a social media account and and it's my private life. Is that how he sounds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this dude was a trip. Uh, David, you. you can't wait to hear the story. But, um, Red Welsh Nooks. I, I love Kate. Thank she you. She gave me props for my reading. Unless she was talking about your reading of the scripture. I think maybe she was talking about mine because you said me to read, but but no, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I like to take credit for some things. You would take credit for everything. Uh, is that what you, you were just talking about? Just studied blessing and cursing under laws in Deuteronomy, which oh. was different, yes, because there are blessing and cursing under the law. Absolutely. Well, oh, those, those are all mine. It's the deception that God is not happy with. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's so, again, back to Bob, I just put a link to uh, Calvary Chapel, East Anaheim, uh, where uh, Pastor Bob, uh, his uh, messages are on there. So you can watch the recorded messages. And just in case we people are watching now that don't watch all the time, Pastor Jack is our pastor. Um, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills is our, is our church. Um, we have talked to him personally about um, trying to find a church home for our kids closer to home so they can make friends and, and develop a community of believers. And so we told them, you know, while the kids are, we have a couple of teenagers still, and while the kids are still young, we're going to be going here. Um, and we, we asked his permission first before doing that. So we just wanted people to know all of our Chino Hills friends that, um, we love you and we still love our pastor. We still watch every week, so we don't miss any of the sermons, but we're just physically on Sundays going to this church to like build a church home for our children. And, you know, God is so amazing that he sends us to a church where uh, Pastor Bob is a good friend of Pastor Jack. Yes. And they text each other on a regular basis and they're friends with Amir Safardi, which you yes. he talked about. Like, it's oh, literally, we're literally like the Yorba Linda campus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of Chino Hills. They're very, very similar in, in spirit and in truth and. Yeah, it's awesome. And then as he's talking the other day, he tells me tells us that he was uh, born and raised in La Mirada, California. Guess who was born and raised in La Mirada? This guy, Andy, courtesy capital of the world. And he's a former police officer in Orange County. Yes. Guess who else is it? OK, that's me. Um, who else do we have here? Sandy, uh, Cindy says it's very sad when leaders in ministry fall into sin. It has a ripple effect on who they minister to. It's very sad. Do you think it's happening Absolutely. more often now, or are we just hearing more often because of social media where a pastor would fall out of favor or just sin or decide to leave the ministry? I know when you read these devotionals, it seems like it was very, it was happening back then too, oh, right? Good. That's a good point. Um, because these devotionals are from decades ago. But I think also as um, we get closer to the end times, as civilization gets more and more corrupt, it feels like there is this pressure cooker mm -hmm. um, and there's just a heavy demonic attack on believers. Oh, I, I didn't finish my sentence, I don't think, but I, I put the link for the church. If you guys uh, that are watching or listening on um, the podcast, it is um, cc-ea.org cc-ea.org and listen to today's message in particular you're more than welcome to listen to others but today i thought really speaks to what we're talking about today and exemplary um, faith and definitely was speaking to us today yeah <laughs> both of us absolutely because one of one of the things that it's it just perfect timing is we were coming uh, coming into this new church with new uh you know fellow uh parishioners I don't know what else to call us. Yeah. Yeah. Attendees. Um, he was saying, you guys need to connect. Like he's pointing at Andy and Hedia and Rob and Susan, who joined us today, and saying, you guys need to go out into the courtyard and say hi to somebody. Meet new people. <laughs> and, uh, and, and connect and to uh, participate 
and to be available. Plant roots. Yeah, and uh, that's exactly what we needed to hear. Just one more little push. We uh, we felt strongly that's probably uh, one of the first things we needed to do. So, um, Cindy says. Yep, our behavior reflects on our testimony. Absolutely. For sure. And, and Kate. If we identify with Christ, we can't live in darkness and deceit. Absolutely, or Christ does not live in us. We have to be a new creation. Otherwise, there's no fruit. Yeah, look at Jan. She hey, loves Pastor Jan. Bob. Pastor Bob is awesome. He's great. Yeah. yeah, very funny. Really great leader too. Yeah, sin is not new, but just men are falling, and the church itself is falling into corruption. So true. Anyone can fall into sin, Kate says. It's hiding it that corrupts us in our testimony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I mentioned. Um, I was telling Andy, I feel like uh, a lot of times, and some pastors talk about this, that there's there's a lack of transparency amongst parishioners because they say, confess your sins to one another um, and so that you may find healing. And so I think that whether it's com um, confessing <clears throat> our sins or our trials and tribulations of life, like the it, having honesty and having people you could trust to do that brings people alongside you to be able to pray for you, to intercede for you, um, for your children, for your family, for your marriage. And I think it's not just sitting around and complaining, but it's just being honest. Like this is, this is what I'm walking through in this season. And um, please just pray for me. Hmm. One thing is I think about um, Everett, uh, my friend who's on, but we're former neighbors uh, where we lived before. And uh, I just, if you haven't heard me talk about it, uh, Dave, um, uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll at uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, Trinity Church, uh, look him up on YouTube. Um, his Wednesday messages are specifically for men. And David is um, a father of two boys. Yes. And um, I, the messages have been spectacular <laughs> and just really moving and um, give you so many tools as a man. Yeah, uh, a, a man raising men that um, I, I, I write them down. I listen to them and there's some uh, powerful messages that are just so fantastic. So, uh, and Hedy, you even listen to the Wednesday messages. That yeah, are, like, <laughs> no, they're awesome. Especially nowadays, he's talking about the Antichrist and the end days and Hamas and the definition of Hamas is violence. I didn't actually even know that in Hebrew it means violence. Oh, really? Yeah. See? Yeah, it's fascinating. Brings up some amazing points. It really does. Um, oh shoot, I had a thought and now I forgot what it was. I love that. So he recently, this last Sorry. message on Sunday, uh, he brought up the fact that this- Pastor Mark? Pastor Mark, oh. that anti-Semitism is as old as time. So yeah. we have to understand the continuity of it and understand it in terms of God's timeline, God's book, God's message to us, because we're not people that are swayed to and fro by changing times or seasons. We we look at God's word and understand what is he trying to tell us and the persecution, the corruption, the antagonism towards God's people has always existed because they are God's people. And our um, responsibility is to bless them, because if we bless them, then God blesses us because these are his people um, and he intends to rescue them in the end. Mm -hmm. And so it's by being cognizant of that, we do not fall into the trap that many Christians are falling into being like, well, I could see both sides of this. And I think, I yeah. think Hamas has a point and there's really, this can be so brutal. And I don't, you know, this, there's no right answers here. People are dying. No, no, there's, there's a right answer here, folks. Um, we don't want people dying on either side, but there is um, indiscriminate, brutal killing of innocent civilians is not war. It's right. terrorism. So land conflicts, battles over territory, those are army against army. Um, those are, those are, battles for territory. That's not what this was. And that's not what this is. Uh, so we need to be on the wrong, on the right side of history. This is a, a true enemy Israel is fighting against. It, yes. it is a, an it's enemy. A world's enemy. It's an enemy of, of for their uh, existence. Yes. 
You know, it's and, and, in a fight for their existence. Absolutely. And the other thing that we forget, I think many people forget, is that when it is time for war, that war is not pretty. It, it's it's not. Um, it can't always be very strategic where you hit this one sole target, this one sole person, the lead, the general. Right? You have the general, then you have the lieutenants, and you have the uh, staff sergeants, and you have all the all the people that are, uh, you know, the, the foot soldiers. That it, it, it's civilians are going to get killed. I mean, you look at World War II, World War One. Shock like and awe. War. I just want to remind yeah. you, folks, of the invasion of Iraq. You remember the expression, we hit them with shock and awe? Yeah. How many thousands of people do you think we killed in two nights? And they're expecting Israel to come in and just to be so strategic and so... Like it's a surgery, surgery with a laser. And then the other thing is that the, the people, you know, the, the civilians, so-called civilians, because there really isn't necessarily an army, right? There isn't like a uniformed army. The the people fighting against Israel are dressed like you and... No, maybe not like you and I right now. We happen to be dressed up. <laughs> but, you know, they're dressed like everybody else. They're, they're, they're not wearing a specific uniform as uh, the Germans did when we were... Or as the Israelis. The as Israelis. IDF, they're, they're right. in uniforms. And so it's, it's, they, people have to get over the fact that, uh, unfortunately, and it's sad, but that's just the kind of war that this is. And I think that people are expecting way too much from Israel, that um, they were they were attacked because of who they are. And they truly, Hamas, um, wants to throw uh, them into the, the Jews, sea. the people, um, and will take the Americans and all the other people that were in their country as they did and kill them too. And then you got to understand, Hamas is not going to stop us. Uh, let's just say that they have the ability to take out all Jews in all of Israel. Then who's next? You think it's the Christians? There's a mostly it's us. Not, yeah, everybody. Uh, Americans, because they call it because Iran, Iran um, calls us the, the the big Satan and Israel the little Satan. Right. Is that then? Then we're next. And then you got you know the craziest thing is you got um, you know queers for Hamas and you got uh, you know maybe a few like you said a few Christians for Hamas and even some Jews for Hamas. Crazy as it sounds, but um, that's uh, really odd because they are next. If, you, if they're not going to get you in the first wave, they'll get you in the second wave and the third wave. So it is evil that uh, is being, that the, Israel is called war against. It is the evil of the, their next door neighbor. Can you imagine having a neighbor that just hates you that much? They just want you to die. What, what are you supposed to do? Yes. Um, you got to protect And not yourself. just one neighbor. No, Every that's neighbor. true. That's true. They're, as we showed you in, our, in the show that we did a couple of weeks ago, that uh, they're surrounded by the enemy and they have to fight back. They have to, you have to show strength. The only way of winning a war is showing strength. Peace through strength. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So true. Hedia. Thank Kate, you. Kate. It. It's crazy, it's crazy out, there. out there. And yet I feel peace because God has a plan. Yes. Forget the news and read the Bible. Amen. One thing I would like to, to just say before we, we leave, we had the good fortune to see in uh, Dr. Seb, um, Gorka. Gorka. <laughs> Sorry, spaced out. Um, uh, you happen to be friends with from your past uh, working uh, in Washington. Um, but the, I think the most important thing from hearing him talk and then spending some time with him in the, in the little private room that we had, uh, we were able to sit with him for a little bit, is that he always, his message was telling, asking people, you know, everybody comes to me and says, what, do you, what are you going to do? Or what are they going to do? Or how can we do this and that and the other thing? And he and he goes, what he goes, the, the most important thing is that you get involved. Right. Don't that, ask me what we can do. What are you gonna do? What do you do? Um, and locally, I think is the most um, uh, important thing that people can do, whether it's city council, um, uh, school boards, and uh, any local uh, election boards. I love that he gave the example of Katie becoming the election supervisor because uh, she was telling me about that. Why she? Yeah. She first ran for board of supervisors. Katie's an intellectual. She's been at think tanks. Like this, she's she's not a political person. Um, she's a thinker, um, but she did it just to um, establish a, a a foothold. And that's what Seb was telling everybody is that we've been asleep. We handed over all of our government uh, infrastructure, all of our civil society infrastructure to the liberals, and now we need to take it back piece by piece. We have no option. Um, and that requires everybody to get involved. 
Um, and so he gave the example of his own wife getting a supervisory role in the election board just because, yep. you know, it's not a job she wants to do. It's not like, oh, I've always wanted to be an election supervisor. Yep. Um, but it's just to be able to maintain a foothold in, in areas that are going to be extremely important to take back. There's so many different ways you can get involved yes. and being just watching during the election, watching the ballots, being a ballot watcher, I think is what they call it. I'm not sure the exact title, um, but for the integrity of our um, elections. Right. Uh, but there's just, they, he really just says that you, we all that want change in this world uh, have to be involved. And that includes the church. Yes. We have to be involved. All right. What's uh, Kate have to say? Good versus evil. All through the Bible, God's chosen people have been used, abused, and hated. Always at war because it's a war between good and, uh, God and Satan. Guess who wins? <laughs> Not worried. <laughs> yeah, look who's being hated right now is um, Mike Johnson, the, the Speaker of the House. Yeah, they're really get, is... coming after him. <laughs> if you watch the guy, and again, I, I saw him a little bit on some of the hearings, and I go, wow, that guy's pretty, is different, you know? And uh, I, I, I never had anything bad to say about him in the few times that I saw him before. But uh, now as I watch him, He's um, as cool as a cucumber and always seems to be, you know, that guy, this, this, he has a calm voice and yet they are just attacking him. <laughs> when he said, if you want to know, uh, you know, what my worldview is, read the Bible. And uh, that, oh my gosh, that sent the internet uh, screaming towards, oh, we can't have this. We can't have somebody who has that kind of view, right? <laughs> that made me so happy. Let's uh, let's uh, always pray for him. It's gonna to be sure. great to watch. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Anything else, Snooks? Nope, I think I got it. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm just gonna tell if David's still on. I, I played hockey last night, and and Hedy had you know told me, um, Are you sure you want to do that? And I said yes, and I played the entire game, and uh, I, I, made some, I, I made some great passes. What did by I the way. specifically say? Why? Not because I don't want you to have a good time. What? What was the reason I told you I don't think you should? Because it was time away from you. That is such, <laughs> such a lie, folks. I am not one of those wives at all. That was not the reason. I said you're going to hurt yourself. You're a little bit older now, no. and their bodies are just not as resilient Oh, anymore. my gosh. You should see these guys that I'm playing with. Some of them are younger than me, but they look older, and they're got. you're carrying a couple extra hundred pounds. I know, but still. I just have this knee that is just a little bit bothersome, and I can't seem to get And now we can't walk. That's all. Well, just today. Okay. Just a little sore today. But, uh, yeah, I had to get, I had to find my crutches in the garage. Yes. <laughs> Andy's on crutches. <laughs> but but I, did I use that as an excuse not to get out today? I took you to did lunch. I, did I let you? Oh, you took me to lunch. <laughs> did I let you use it as an excuse? Because you tried to give me your puppy face being like, oh, you want to go out? No. After church? I just wanted a little sympathy. Where did you, you want to go? <laughs> I was like, listen, you get in the car because I am not ruining my Sunday for your shenanigans. You, you, get up. I made the bed. You hobbled I, along. I made the bed. I, 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 I drove. You drove. Yeah. I opened the door for you like I always do, no matter how much pain I was in. Limping. Yeah, I did it all, Schnugs. You did. In my, in my crutches. But, um, but back to the game. I was, you know, there's a lot of guys that. You know, I was getting dressed in the, we were all getting dressed in the locker room in our, in our equipment. And uh, I'm looking at all the stuff, trying to remember which, what order it goes into. And I, I didn't mess up once because there, you know, there's a lot of equipment you got to put in for ice hockey. Uh, and I'm looking over to my, and I got Vic Steele, who was a, was a police officer in the city of Orange. He's got, he put his elbow pads up upside down on his arms. He put, you know, you got to put your skates on. You, typically, they put them on last. Some guys don't now because oh, the pants makes, are made different. And he, makes sense. And he, <laughs> How could you put them on first? He, he put them on, and then he realized, I can't get my pants on with my skates on, so he had to take his skates off. How do you not know you can't? They have a freaking blade at the bottom. Like, how do you not know that? <laughs> I felt so much better. And he's been playing for the last, uh, you know, three or four months. Uh, what? <laughs> Sorry, sorry, uh, Vic, if you're watching, didn't mean to call you out. But it it was the, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It was great seeing some of the guys, oh. some of the police officers I used to play with, and then some met some new guys. But it was fun. She knows. I, I could, I don't. I, it was so much fun. I'm it, glad. I, I really enjoyed myself. It just was a little painful afterwards. 
So that's all. I just need David asked for an update. So I want yes. to give that thing. The, the, the biggest thing is that I was on crutches today. Yes. Because I played ice hockey yesterday. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. <laughs> Here they are. Just so you can see. Because we tried to oh. put a brace on his leg, but he said it wasn't oh, enough. The brace made it worse. It yeah. was so painful. Schnotes. <sighs> all right. That's it. Anything else? That's all. You look so beautiful today. Did I tell you that? What? Yeah, so it was nice having lunch with you. And um, I just really appreciate that. You bought me lunch. Oh, your, your mom, I guess. Yes. She, your mom's amazing. She wanted to treat us. It was very nice. It was very nice. We enjoyed time. it. We had caviar french fries. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna share, I was gonna share that, but I wanted to make sure people understand that I, I didn't buy the caviar french fries. Well, but... <laughs> we had ordered, we had completed our order, but Andy was like, I didn't get to eat the caviar french fries. And I was like, Really? Like you need to add that on top of it? He's like, uh-huh. I want caviar french fries. So basically what caviar french fries were, folks, is a dollop <laughs> of caviar this big on top of cream. Mm. And uh, what was the oil? Chive, chive oil. Chive oil. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. Yeah. We were like fancy people today. Yeah. And I love the, the uh, my favorite thing is that you, you guys ever see uh, Green Acres? You ever see Green Acres or the Beverly Hillbillies? Beverly Hillbillies, yes. Yeah, they're both kind of the same. It's like people that weren't rich that suddenly are in a place where they just don't fit in because yeah. they are wearing flip-flops with jeans. That's my favorite thing about the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you, I go, there's Bentleys parked out front and Rolls Royce, literally, and Lamborghini. Ferrari, Lamborghinis, and I pull up in my Ford Expedition. And I, and, uh, and so we get out, and I like how you, you tell me, you know, you share with me, did you know that, uh, you, you know, you can get a black napkin? Like, what do you mean a black napkin? Like, you share these things with me that I never knew. And uh, I, I was just so shocked. And because she'll go into a restaurant and she go, can I get a black um, napkin? And I go, what is that? And I go, what, why would you need a black? I just take the napkin that they give me. And she goes, no, you have to ask for a black napkin. Why is that? So you don't get the white fuzz on your black pants. Wow. Yeah, you don't want to get white fuzz on your black you pants. You know, you teach me so much. <laughs> I know nothing about this stuff. So I, I, I eat with my hand with a fork like this. <laughs> and he <laughs> took the toothpick <laughs> yeah. from the lemon and started going in his <laughs> Well, isn't that what that's for? Oh, my God. I was like, Andy, stop that right now. Stop it right now. And he's like, what? I had something stuck in my tooth. I was like, it's not at the tail. Oh. It's got this long little point wow. on it. Wow. You would have done that in front of my mom and it would have been over. Your mom doesn't use that as a toothpick? <laughs> and she doesn't do it at the table, that's for sure. What do you mean? Uh, it's perfect. Yeah. It's better than I would sometimes use a business card out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> would, that have, would that have bothered her if I would have pulled out a business card uh, out of my pocket? Uh, because a business be... card fits right inside this tooth right here or, yeah. get, or get me. Uh-huh. Wow. Hi, Spirit Wind View. You came on just in time. You missed you, you missed the, the the substance of what we were talking about. Now you're on the ridiculous part. <laughs> uh, but it is my favorite part. I love going to fancy restaurants. I'm and, glad. And, yeah, learn, I learned so much. Yeah. L lemons with little hats. The lemons that have these nets on them. Like, what are they afraid they're going to catch COVID? <laughs> it's just like, it's great. Like, why is the... Why did they put the mask on the lemon? <laughs> to stop it from squirting everywhere. Well, you just don't squirt it. You, 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 you just block it. Nobody ever does. We just go <laughs> like that and it just spurts everywhere. Wow. All right. Spirit Wind says? Uh, yes, I'm going to have to go back and check it out. Yes. All right. Let's pray for Mike Johnson. We'll call him Mike. Let's pray for Mike. Speaker Mike. And... Um, our friend Rob, yes, uh, just has some health issues that uh, you just need. We need him to work through. And anybody else? Ourselves. Oh yeah, we definitely need some prayer. <laughs> my, leg, my leg, my leg Yeah, we have to pray for that too, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's go. Dear Lord, thank you for this time of fellowship with your sons and daughters, and anyone who may be listening who does not yet know you. Lord, will you reveal yourself to them? We know you are a living God, you are a relational God, and you seek a relationship with your servants. So anyone that may be curious, that is curious about what it is to be in a relationship with 
the living God, Lord, will you reveal yourself to them? We're so grateful for what you do in and through us, Lord. And we ask that you bless our families and bless our loved ones, that you give health and restoration to our friend Rob. Uh, and um, you continue to do a healing work in Kate. Um, she's mm. often plagued by infirmities, Lord. And we ask that you keep her healthy and strong and Carrie and her husband, Eddie, and uh, David and his wife. And Lord, that you heal Andy and his leg. And so you bring about a complete restoration, Lord, so that we may be of service to the kingdom. We love you and we honor you in all that we do, Lord. And we ask that you bless um, that you bless Israel and that you make them victorious and that um, there's little as little bloodshed as possible, Lord, and that they will come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we ask all things. Amen. Amen. All right, my friends, we love you guys. Love you. God bless you all. Take care. Bye. Bye.